left-handed footballs. He got a tremendous block to allow him to spring the corner. Andy Phillips, the old Mac and maybe all-American left guard, wears 66. That's a lovely, lovely voyage. And here we go. What's happened, everybody? This is the 66 Sports Show. I'm your host, Andy Phillips. Uh, we got our Weekly Tuesday recap of the uh, week of NFL football games. And uh, we're going to do our big six, as always. The big six topics, standout moments, players, teams, uh, news stories, what have you. And then we'll follow it up with our top ten power rankings. Um, and I knew I was going to start off with the Monday Night Football game as my number one on the big six. So number one on the big six, the Monday Night Football Aftermath. Uh, I knew I was going to start off with this from the jump because, as many of you know, I uh, born and raised, grew up a Detroit Lions fan, diehard, still am. Uh, but I also played for the Green Bay Packers for a, a stint. And uh, so naturally, I do root for both teams for very different reasons, but um, they seem pretty understandable to me. Well, anyways, this game is always tough for me to watch, but it's easy for me to address normally uh, because I just want to see my two teams play well. Um, I want them to both get what they deserve in the end and may the better team win. Well, um, unfortunately, uh, I have to talk about a subject I hate talking about, and that's uh, referees and bad calls. And if you listen to the very first episode of this show, uh, in my eyes, I told you in my eyes, I think blaming officials uh, is a very lazy excuse. Uh, I always believe looking in the mirror is where you start. And this is no different. Even with a problem, and the problem being NFL officiating right now, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm going to get into some, some of that real quick. So again, for starters, I am a fan of both teams, and I do believe that makes me fit to have this conversation because I'm neutral in the sense of who is I rooting for because it's hard to pick, but... I have enough stake in this game because I am a fan of both teams where I do care about what happened and what the outcome was and what went on. So I really want to break this down. And Detroit Lions fans, you have to listen to, to this right now. You have to listen to this because it's very easy just to blame the officials. It's very easy to do that. I'm just going to ask you, I'm not... I understand being upset. I'm not asking you to even take that back. But let's look at everything with a clear head right now. So for starters, there was three awful missed calls. Three, in my opinion. Two of them were the hands-to-the-face calls, which were not to the face. Um. And the other one, in my opinion, was a pass interference, but it wasn't the one that most people are thinking. The one down the sideline uh, when the Lions had the ball, yes, it, it, there's a great picture of the guy's forearm and their you know, arm in the chest of uh, the receiver, but if you watched it at actual speed, it hit the chest and bounced right off and ended up hitting the ball in midair. So it, to me, that that's a you know give or take call. Um but number two, 
there's bad calls happen in every single game. Every single game. It's not just against your team. And trust me, every team, it's not just the Lions fans. It's not just the Eagles fans. It's not every team gets bad calls. And every team and their little group of fans thinks the refs are out to get them. Just think about that for a second. Next, control what you can control. Because if you don't give them a four-point swing in the first half when you have 12 men on the field and get a penalty for that, Packers getting ready to kick a field goal. Well, Detroit has 12 guys on the field. It's a penalty automatic first down. They get a touchdown of it. That's a four-point swing. You only lost by a point. If you don't settle for five field goals and even score just one more touchdown on those possessions, these penalties even talked about today. Think about that. Control what you can control so when the bad calls happen, because they happen in every game, they won't matter. I do feel for the Lions. I absolutely do. But that happens in every week. I'll give you an example. The Packers lost a couple weeks ago to the Philadelphia Eagles on primetime television Thursday night, and there was two horrendous pass interference calls that could have been called and were not. And the Packers lost in a close game. It happens. You didn't hear a peep out of me complaining about that one either because it happens. It is the game. It's football for you. And the Packers lost a 10-point lead. Hang on to that lead. Don't let those calls matter. Just like the Lions lost a 13-point lead. Hang on to your lead. Do what you can control so when the calls happen, they aren't going to matter as much. The third call I said I felt was poor was a no call. Um, Aaron Jones swinging out to the left on a route uh, was hit and knocked to the ground before the ball was even to him, and it was a no call. Um. If you want to play the what-if game, because this is all a what-if game right now. If you want to play a what-if game, that was a 248 left in the third quarter and the Packers had the punt. Well, what if they actually called that and the Packers' possession got you know, automatic first down and the pa- Packers' possession moved on and they got more points out of that possession? What would have happened then? It's a big what-if game. The rest are a problem right now, yes. But a lot of it has to do as well with all the attention in the visibility we have in today's uh, game. And it, a lot of it has to do with Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, and NFL Network. They're able to show every camera angle possible to show you exactly where a penalty either occurred or didn't. You couldn't do that, what, 10 years ago? You might have had half the cameras in the stadium. Okay? Now you can get them in as slow-mo as possible at exact angle you need to show the ref's fault. The rest might not be any worse than they were 10 years ago or five years ago. You just might be able to notice their faults more because guess what? You're dealing with the fastest, most athletic, biggest, strongest human beings on the planet. It's not easy. The fact that you have to go to the replay to see exactly, oh, was it right or was it wrong? Okay, well, the refs don't get that opportunity all the time. Okay. Now, the NFL does have to do, have to address this situation. I'm not saying these guys are at no fault. They're very bad calls, and they need to be addressed. But let's just point that out there. As far as addressing the issue, what I think should be done and could be done to help, it will never be solved. It's an impossible thing to 100% solve every fan base's need. But a way you can start is have an eye in the sky, a guy like a Dean, Bland, Dean Blandino, who can reverse any factual penalty. 
that was called. And by factual, I mean a hands to the face. It's a factor. It's false if his hands touch the guy's face. And offsides, a false start, things that factually happen, and the flag was thrown. You can't make it when the flag wasn't thrown, in my opinion, because then you could literally review every single uh, play in the entire game and possibly find something. No one's going to want that. But to reverse a factual penalty, like last night, you could reverse the flag thrown and then, hey, hands did not touch face. Boom, reverse. Everyone moves on with their life. To me, judgment calls you have to stick as is because everyone's judgment is different. And if you slow down anything, you can find holding and pass interference on just about any play you want. So I don't think that can change. But the factual ones, eye in the sky would be a help. Um, but it happens, man. It's a fast game. I uh, feel bad for the Lions. All they can do is clean up their own mistakes so the few bad calls don't matter the next time they happen. It's football. Control what you can control. NFL, do better. The stripes aren't good right now. They have to be addressed. Hire more than seven full-time officials. Use some of that big, big coin you're getting at the NFL level. Go out and hire 30 officials full-time, spend some money on it, and make sure they're at the peak. But Lions, it's not just you. Every fan base thinks they're getting jobbed by the NFL and the referees. Lions team, control what you can control. Don't let one loss beat you twice. That's enough of that. I hate talking about that. We're moving on. Number two on the big six, defensive statement by the San Francisco 49ers. They held the Sean McVay-led Rams to 157 yards, zero for nine on third down and zero for four on fourth down. They had in four sacks. They had a turnover forced and golf was held to just 78 yards passing and zero touchdowns. And trust me, I had him in my fantasy league. He only had two points as a quarterback. So, uh, but just getting down to it, it was a complete domination by their defense, uh, their front seven front six, I'll say, cause everyone plays nickel nowadays, their front six, uh, might be the best in football right now, led by DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa, uh, and Eric Armstead and all them up front. They're just nasty, strong, physical, quick, fast, and can cover and destroy anything you put in, in their face right now. Let's see if they stay healthy, if they can continue it, but it was a complete domination up front, and it carried that team the entire day. And mind you, the Rams' offensive line has been horrific, and they got taken advantage of by the 49ers. Number three on the big six. Remember when Dabo Sweeney said Deshaun Watson was Michael Jordan? Was he wrong? Because I'll tell you what. 322 total yards, three total touchdowns, and to go into Arrowhead Stadium to beat a rejuvenated not desperate, but needing a win at home, Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs. To go in there and get a big win on the road, that's not easy to do. And this kid has the it factor. There's there's only a few guys that had that true it factor. The one that every single person in a room would run through a wall for has the swagger in the fourth quarter that they don't care how much they are down by. That's Deshaun Watson. He's calm, he's cool, he's collected, he's smooth, he's smart, he's brilliant, he's creative, he's athletic, he's pinpoint when he has to be throwing the football. He throws a great deep ball, he's accurate underneath, he can dissect the defense, he can move out, out of the pocket, up the pocket, does not matter. The guy is unbelievable. The guy is unbelievable. And these last two weeks, their offense has exploded, and you know what? He hasn't been sacked a single time. You give this kid time, 
and he can be one of the best to ever do it. You don't give him time. It's tough to make plays as, as any NFL quarterback if you don't have the time, and also you can get hurt. Keep this kid upright. He's going to make plays that many people can't, and he's going to stay healthy. Two things that could create an all-time player for them. See if they can continue that, but very impressive win for the Texans. Number four, the Vikings will go as Cousins goes. Look, when he's on, they can be any team in football. When he's not, they'll lose to any team in football because they are stacked at every position on the field. Their offensive line, not great, but improving and definitely improving uh, in the run game. The receivers, Diggs and Thielen, are both number ones. They have load, they're have they loaded at tight end. Uh, Tyler Conklin from Central Michigan, he's their third tight end. Very big, fast, athletic, great ball skills. He's their third tight end uh, behind, obviously, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. So are loaded there. Then you're on the defensive side of the ball and pick your poison. You want to block, you want to chip and double uh, Griffin or Hunter. Pick your poison. Livnell Joseph in the middle. Barr and Kendrick in linebacker. You still have Xavier Rhodes and uh, Harrison Smith in the secondary. Trey Waynes. Pick your poison anywhere. Kirk Cousins plays well. They're a Super Bowl contender. Plays poorly. They can get beat by anybody. It really does go as he goes. Uh, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. He was 22 of 29, 333 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Diggs had seven catches, 167 yards, and three touchdowns. Cook and Thielen each added a touchdown. The Stars were out for the Vikings. It was very impressive. Number five on the big six, Mono Nomo. <laughs> oh, well. Turns out the Jets aren't so bad after all. As I've said, Adam Gase could finally open his playbook up. Look, listen, when you're when you have a third string quarterback as your quarterback and a guy who as soon as your star is healthy, you release. The guy who's been starting the last few games for the Jets, they released. They didn't even want him on the team anymore. I'm not saying he's a bad kid, but he's definitely not fit for them at least and probably not another NFL offense to be a starter. Okay? Adam Gase got his guy back. He can finally open that playbook back up. Why waste plays on a guy who can't really run them the way you want him to be run? He got that playbook open back up again. And Sam Darnold versus a very good, talented Dallas Cowboy defense. It was 23 of 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and 113.8 rating. The guy was unbelievable. He was spraying it all over the field, not just dinking and dunking. He had a 92-yard deep bomb to Robbie Anderson. Davion Bell scored a touchdown. Five different players had at least three catches, which means he was spreading it out, which is what you need to do. You can't just force feed one guy. And then Jamal Adams led that defense with nine tackles of TFL and a pass defended. I'm telling you, watch out for the Jets. I had him as a wild-card playoff team. They probably dug too big of a hole when Darnold was out, but they're not going to be an easy sleepwalking-type team the rest of the season. you got to take the Jets seriously. you got to take them seriously. And number six, I'm sold on the Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury experiment. I am. I'm sold on it. I got, they were incredible versus Atlanta. They were incredible. Murray was 27 to 37 for 340 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Guys, he's a five foot nine rookie quarterback. Five foot nine rookie quarterback just put up those numbers. And he is so accurate with the football. And he's smart with it. He's not going to force a ball in that he doesn't honestly believe he can fit into that window. And he can fit into a lot of windows because his arm is strong and he's accurate. So he can fit a lot of windows. He's not going to throw it unless he truly believes he will get it in that window. Uh, listen, they have back-to-back wins, and there is zero confusion about their identity. Every single person in the locker room knows who they are and what they do well. And that sometimes is all you need to have some success. 
Okay. If you have questions about what is our identity, who are we? You've already lost right there. Know who you are and what you do well and go from there. And they are like that. And doing all this with a subpar offensive line. And they probably won't win more than six or seven games, especially in that division, because that division is absolutely stacked NFC West. But the future looks bright, at least on the offense, as long as they get that O-line uh, you know, straightened out, tightened up a little bit, keep bringing in guys there. But their skill positions are pretty, pretty good. And that quarterback and head coach right now are clicking, and we'll see how they do uh, moving into the future. That was the big six for the week. And again, I don't want to address this referee thing much more. Yes, it's not good. No, your team's not the only one getting worked over by it. It, it. Right now, it's happening. It happens. So the only thing you can do is control what you can control. Don't have 12 men on the field. Capitalize in the red zone. Let's start there. Let's start there. But the NFL, again, fix it. Figure it out. Put some money into that because that is the problem right now. You have all these camera angles. You got all these camera angles that can find any fault in your referee's calls. It's not 1980 where you get the, the the end zone view and the press box view. Because if that's the only views you had last night, you might not be able to see anything wrong with either of those calls. The fact that the guys announcing, like Booger, had to find, wait for the slow motion, certain angle. Oh, there it is. Nope, he never did it. Okay. If you're going to have those camera angles and all the slow motion as you want, and that, you know, Billy Big Mouth on his couch eating Cheetos can make every call. Okay, we'll put some money into it so there's not as many issues. All right, I'm moving on. Top 10 power rankings. We got some shakeups because guess what? The NFL has more parity than we've had probably in my lifetime. It's unbelievable. So we got some shakeups. Still some of the same teams, but there's definitely some some shakeups this week. Coming in at number 10 on the power rankings. Really wish it was the Detroit Lions, but it's very hard to uh, have a two-win team in the top 10 right now with as much parity and uh, great performances there have been. Uh, so it's the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are 4-2. and two. And truth is, I did want to go Lions here, but I just couldn't do it when the Vikings are 4-2 and two in their same division. Um, but this weekend will be huge because they play each other. So very likely one of those two teams will be in my top 10 next week, and it's going to be the winner of that game. Because I don't think the Lions are bad. A 3-2-1 Lion team with losses to Kansas City and uh, Green Bay is still very impressive. But we'll see the Vikings to do. And again, as I already stated, they go as Kirk Cousin goes. Their offense is third in rushing, but when he can hit the passes downfield that are needed, that makes that rushing game even better. And their defense, they're fourth in yards and sixth in points. Talent all over the field. What more do you want? Coming in at number nine. The Buffalo Bills. They're four and one and coming off of a buy, and they got Miami at home this week. Okay, should be five and one. If it's not five and one, they might never see my top ten again. Uh, listen, they have great coaching, led by Sean McDermott. He's an unbelievable coach. He's one of the few coaches they say like a Bill Belichick on defense that you never know what you're going to get. They're so hard to prepare for because they can do multiple looks and multiple schemes. He knows what he's doing. They're very well coached. When you talk about their defense. Their defense is third in the league in yards, only giving up two seventy five a game. They're fourth in points and they're fifth on defense as a defense and third down conversions, which is a huge stat. Can you get off the field? Can you get off the field? Uh, they rattled Tom Brady, so right there alone gets a, a, a nudge to that defense. And uh, listen, I don't love Kyle or uh, Josh Allen at quarterback. I don't love him, uh, but there's no questions about their identity, as I talked about earlier as well with the Cardinals. If you know what your identity is, which for the Bills, it's running the ball, being tough, being physical. And when your quarterback's doing that, running power and sweeps with your quarterback, you know who you are, okay? So I, I don't hate it. 
Number eight, Indianapolis Colts, three and two coming off of a bye. They were in mine last week. I'm not taking them out now, okay? Because the last time we saw them, they were destroying physically the Kansas City Chiefs, led by their offensive line, Quentin Nelson and those boys. They're unbelievable up front. Their coaching, Frank Reich, is a great coach. Not good. He's already great. Okay. He lost his franchise quarterback, who he thought he was going to be with for the next decade, a couple weeks before the season. So Jacoby Brissett has been on, and he's playing very well. And the thing is, and this is why I really like the Colts, he is going to continue to get better with reps in this offense. He will can, can continue to get better the more defenses he sees, the more defenses he plays, the more he recognizes he will only get better, and the chemistry between him and Frank Reich will only get better. That's one of the reasons I'm very high in the Colts. And their defense is the same thing. Darius Leonard, he'll come back at some point. He was first-team All-Pro last year as a rookie at middle linebacker. He'll be back. I like the Colts. Not many people are, would have them in the top 10 right now, but the last time I saw them, and knowing how that trajectory is soaring upwards, I like the Colts. Coming at number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs, four and two record, coming off of back-to-back losses. Yes, their defense cannot stop a nosebleed right now, but their offense is still potent. Even though Patrick Mahomes hasn't been his normal self, let's look at the health of the team. He doesn't have his left tackle, Eric Fisher. His receivers, he hasn't. When was the last time he had Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill in the same game? Yeah, week one when Tyreek Hill got hurt. When his weapons start coming back, he's still a young quarterback. Andy Reid's smart. They're going to be fine because that offense can still put up 40 on you any given Sunday. Okay, They're going through some bumps right now. Teams do that. The Patriots did early in the season last year and still won the Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to be okay, but that defense, you got to start showing up. Frank Clark, where are you? Huge free agent pickup. Well, trade it for him, but pickup in the offseason. Guy who had 13 sacks last year in in uh, Seattle. A guy who I thought uh, might lead the league in sacks this year. We're through six games. You have one sack. Start making plays. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but you're going to have to because the back end of that defense isn't covering anyone right now. So you got to get home. Got to start getting home. Number six on the top 10, Houston Texans, four and two, just took down the Chiefs. Listen, Deshaun Watson, again, I talked about, again, I see the Michael Jordan factor, the it factor. Love his personality, love his competitive, his spirit. A uh, guy who, again, if I was an offensive lineman for him, I'd want to run through a brick wall because I know number four is going to do everything he can to get a W. Deshaun Watson this year, 69.7% completion percentage, 1,644 yards, 12 touchdowns passing, five more rushing touchdowns, three interceptions only. And guess what, guys? As I said, he's been sacked zero times in the last two weeks. Zero times in the last two weeks. And look all the points they're putting up. They're averaging about 40 in the last two weeks. Keep him upright. He's going to be great. And the thing that's most impressive about this team, I talk about defense's third down percentage a lot. Can you get off the field? Well, offense, can you stay on the field? Houston Texans, number one in football right now in third down percentage. They're converting on 51.4% of their third downs. That's huge. Now, on that defense, you got to love Whitney uh, Merciless and J.J. Watt coming off the edge. That's absolutely scary if you're an offense, opposing offense. Houston Texans. Coming in at number five, the New Orleans Saints. They are 5-1. and one. They're 4-0 with Teddy Bridgewater replacing Drew Brees while Drew's healing up. And the thing with Teddy, he doesn't do a ton of things spectacular, 
but he throws an accurate football. He's completing 69.4% of his passes. He's still keeping his weapons involved. A lot of times when the starting quarterback, especially a star quarterback like a Drew Brees, goes down, you wonder if that's going to affect the touches and targets of their top receivers. Well, Michael Thomas is still leading the league with 53 catches so far through six games. And uh, guess what? The defense is really taking control right now. The offense is doing enough, and the defense has been taking control of by Cam Jordan with five sacks. And Marshawn Lattimore has probably been the best corner in football this year. The best corner in football. Uh, he has eight pass defense. He has an interception. And he is just simply shutting everybody down who comes near him. If 23 with the gold helmet is guarding you, I mean, just run. You don't have to look for the ball because it's not coming to you. That's how good he's been playing right now. He is not only in the conversation for first-team All-Pro as of now. He'd be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year right now with how well he's shutting down half the field. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. 5-1 and one record. Controversial, but win last night. I'll tell you one thing. If the Green Bay Packers win the division and win the playoffs and win the – I'm sorry, win the Super Bowl, no one's going to talk about the week six controversy of officials just does not happen that way okay they're ninth in points on defense they're only giving up 19 points a game they're 10th in defense and third down percentage at 34 percent, which means they're getting off the field preston smith has seven sacks the dairy smith has six sacks so the new guys the smith brothers 13 sacks on the year best duo in the league in terms of total sacks uh, and then Jair Alexander, he's a true number one corner. Takes some chances, takes some risks. He'll give up some catches, but he's leading the NFL with uh, 10 uh, pass deflections. He's a true star out there in the making. And then again, on offense, the run game has been there when it needs to be. Aaron Jones, Jamal Jamal Williams. The receivers right now are guys off the street, basically. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is still getting it done. His ball, I mean, there's a lot of drops right now in Green Bay. You saw one bounce off the face mask of a player into a Detroit player's hands last night um, yeah, versus Philadelphia game-winning touchdown throw bounced off of his receiver's chest into the arms of the Eagle. Uh, so right now he's still playing well. And once he starts getting, you know, Devonta Adams back, just watch out for green Bay coming at number three, the Seattle Seahawks at five and one. I love Seattle because of Russell Wilson. There's no crisis here in leadership. Okay, you have Russell Wilson at quarterback. You have Bobby Wagner as your middle linebacker. And you have Pete Carroll as your head coach. Say what you want about any of them. They're getting the job done. Their defense isn't spectacular at much. They're solid, but they're good at one thing. They get off the field. They're seventh in the NFL on third downs. Teams only converting 32% of the time against them on third downs, which means they're getting off the field enough to get the ball back in the hands of Russell Wilson, who right now is my MVP if the season stopped. 127 point or 124.7 passer rating, number one in football. His 14 touchdown passes are number two in football, and he still has not thrown an interception yet, which obviously would be number one in football, and he is completing 72.5% of his passes, which is number two in the league. And guess what? Chris Carson Mr. Bell Cow himself, fifth in the league in rushing with 504 yards, second in carries, and has five rushing touchdowns. There's zero confusion about what's going on in Seattle. They're good. Number two, my top NFC team right now at 5-0, and oh, the San Francisco 49ers. My preseason NFC West favorite and pick. I'm glad it's working out, too, because I knew uh, a lot of people knew they would be better. Um, but I was taking a risk, and it, was, it wasn't as much of – I love Kyle Shanahan, yes, but it's, I knew that defensive line was going to be special. And you get D. Ford, Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa, and uh, DeForest Buckner, 
Solomon Thomas. I mean, it's a lot of first-round type picks on that line. Okay, Their defense is number two in yards, number two in points, number four on third down in the league. That defense is special right now. The offense, number four in yards, number three in points, and number two in rushing. There is zero weaknesses right now. Okay, They are without both their starting tackles, who will both be back by the end of the year. Their starting fullback, who will be back by the end of the year. So that means they're going to have some reinforcements coming back. Keep this thing rolling. You don't have to stay undefeated, but maybe by the end of the year, if you're sitting at 10-2 and two and you start getting these reinforcements back, watch out. Kyle Shanahan's coach of the year right now, by the way. Number one on the power rankings for the second straight week, the New England Patriots, 6-0. and All right, so their defense is their story. They're number one in points, only giving up eight points a game. They're number one on third down. Teams are only converting 13.7% of the time on third down against them, which is ridiculous. Okay, so that defense has been the story. Unbelievable turnover, sacks, all those tops of the charts. However... Their offense is still leading the league in points, averaging 31 points. Now, some has come from special teams and defense, but they're still getting it done on offense in any way that they can. Clawing, scraping, fighting, they are getting it done on the offensive end, led by Tom Brady, who in 30-mile-an-hour wins this past Thursday, still threw for over 340 yards. It was still 31-41 of 41 passing. He ran for two touchdowns, QB sneaks, obviously. And then uh, Julian Edelman was Julian Edelman. That's a guy I want on my team any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Zuin Edelman is a fighter. He's a motivator, and he gets the job done. Okay, People always say, oh, there's 15, there's 20 receivers better than that guy. No, there's not. There's more to football than your 40 in your combine. Okay, That guy gets the job done. He knows zone defense is better than any receiver I've ever seen. He knows exactly where he needs to fit in a zone. He's tough enough and quick enough to get off a man press. And he's going to fight for every last yard, and he still throws his body around and blocks in there. That's a guy I want on my team. That's a guy I absolutely want on my team. And let's not to mention the, that uh, Stephon Gilmore and Jamie Collins, they're all pros of the season end of the day. They're unbelievable, and uh, they still have the best coach in football and the GOAT, Tom Brady. That is the week's episode, the six, the 66 Sports Show, the Big Six, the Top Ten Power Rankings, my thoughts on the referee uh, debacle, and... Uh, we'll see what happens with that, but don't let one loss beat you twice. Detroit, I'm rooting for you, and uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Any questions, concerns, thoughts, AFIL66 on Twitter. Uh, get me on Facebook. Get me through the phone if you got it, email, whatever, however you want. Uh, can't wait till next time. Another good slate of games coming up with the Chiefs in Denver on Thursday, and we'll get this thing going. And until next time, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. I'm Andy Phillips.